Chapter 43, May 2001, age 46. Robert was scrounging through the papers on the kitchen countertop. Patty Ann, where's my reading glasses? He patted his chest to see if they were in one of the breast pockets of his jacket. I know I just had them. He went into the living area and searched between the cushions of the couch as Patricia emerged from the bedroom. Over there on top of the TV, she said as she adjusted her belt. Did you call your sister? Betty had been sick the last couple of weeks and he had intended to call to check on her. Oh, shoot. Robert walked over to the TV. I'll call her now, he said as he stuck the glasses into his pocket. On the third ring, his sister answered. Hello. Betty, how are you doing? I'm fine, Robert, but you may not be. Why? They know where you are. It took only a second for Robert to understand who Betty was referring to and what it meant for them to know where he was. How? I don't know. My guess would be because of you and Patricia getting married. They just put two and two together. Patricia moved closer to Robert. What's going on? Robert held up a finger. Okay, thanks, Betty. Robert, what are you going to do? I don't know. I need to talk to Patricia. I'll call you later. What's wrong? Patricia said. People back home know where we live. How do you know? My sister just told me. Robert went to the window and looked out through the blinds. Don't be so paranoid. You obviously don't understand what these guys are capable of doing. Believe me, I know. I used to be one of them. He retreated from the window and picked up the phone. Who are you going to call? Marshal Martinez, he said as he punched in the numbers and put the handset to his ear. This is Martinez. Good morning, Marshal. Listen, I've got some bad news. What is it, Robert? The people back home, Robert glanced at Patricia. Seems they know my whereabouts. The Marshal paused for only a second. Then that's it. You're out of the program. With that, he hung up. Robert held the phone out in front of him. What did he say? Robert looked up at Patricia. He said, I'm out of the program, and then he hung up. What? Robert pressed the redial. Marshal Martinez, the voice said. What am I to do if these guys come after me? Robert said. Call 911, and again the Marshal hung up. I can't believe this. He walked over to the base on the kitchen bar and replaced the phone. After church services, Robert and Patricia met with Brent and Melissa in his office and told them about the phone call. Robert had yet to tell them the entirety of his story since he was obligated by his agreement not to tell anyone about being in the witness protection program. This is very disturbing, Brent said. Tell me about it, Robert remarked. Brent looked at his watch. Look, Robert, let's talk about this later. We have to feed the kids some lunch. I'll call you. When Robert and Patricia drove through the parking lot of their apartment complex, he scanned the area for rental cars. What are you doing? Looking for uninvited guests. Guests you probably invited. Me? I've got nothing to do with this. Yeah. Robert continued looking around. Stop the car. Right now. Robert brought the car to an abrupt halt. Patricia got out. What are you doing? I'm walking the rest of the way home. She slammed the car door. By the time Robert parked the car and got up to the apartment, Patricia had already packed one bag. Now what are you doing? I can't stand being with you anymore, she said as she crammed another piece of luggage with clothing from the dresser drawer. Oh, great. 
You let the mob know where I am and then leave. I see how it is. You're a very difficult man who still has a lot of issues, she said. Where are you going to go? Back home. At least I know I'm loved there. So now you say I don't love you? If you do, you have a weird way of showing it. With those final words, Patricia slammed the bedroom door shut. Robert retreated to the couch and for the next couple of hours sat in front of the TV watching The Sopranos until the phone rang. Hey, Robert, it's me, Brent. Oh, hey, listen, I'm sorry about all this. It's just that, I know, you didn't have a choice. We can respect that. And I hope he can respect what I'm about to tell you. What? Melissa and I have been talking and praying, and what is it? You know we share the same website through real estate. People associate us. Well, I think it'd be best for the protection of my family that we do our business separately. Robert felt like he got kicked in the stomach and couldn't say anything. We love you two, and we believe God has a great life for the two of you. It's just, it's just too risky. Brent, I don't know if it's that risky. Robert, I can't take that chance. What if they want to get to you through us? Do you think they'd care whether they hurt us or not? I just can't risk my family. I hope you can respect that. Robert sighed. I do, Brent. I really do. Within a day, the new world of Robert Borelli began to crumble. His new bride of only three months had locked herself in the bedroom, threatening to leave him. His business partner could no longer associate with him. And the government that had sworn to protect him had now abandoned him. He clutched at his stomach. Why are you doing this to me, God? He called out. I thought I was doing what you wanted me to do. At first, he sat on the couch, drowning in self-pity. After finding no comfort in that, he started thinking about what others had told him. Both Brent and Melissa saw how he treated Patricia and called him out on it. Patricia said he still had the mobster mentality. Was what they said true? He watched that guy die at his baptism. Is it possible he still hung on to portions of the old Robert? With that, he started examining himself. He remembered how he felt like a big shot when the marshals were escorting him around from airport to airport, acting as his personal bodyguards. He was proud of how he was able to buy his wardrobe at the government's expense, and only a BMW was good enough for him to drive. After all, he was the one who had put his life on the line to help the government put away guys far deeper into the mafia life than him. Sure, he wasn't the same man he was before Christ. Instead of a habitual liar, he was completely honest, even at the expense of hurting his wife's feelings. Instead of spending hours at the horse races, he was spending equal time in God's word and letting everyone know it. Instead of filling his body with destructive drugs, he was inviting the Holy Spirit to dwell in him and bad-mouthing the junkie begging for change on the corner. And yes, instead of thinking about himself all the time, he was pouring himself into the lives of the elderly while basking in the admiration. Those thoughts were eye-opening for him, for they revealed he had one particular sin in his life that was generating a lot of his hardship, pride. Without hesitation, Robert dropped to his knees and with tears of remorse began to beg God for forgiveness and that God would give him the grace to love his wife as he loved her. He heard a faint click and the bedroom door opened. Patricia stepped out. Robert? 
Robert got up from his knees and walked over to Patricia. Are you staying? You want me to leave? She said with a grin. No, not at all. I just thought you would have booked a flight by now and be headed out. She pointed to the empty luggage on the bed. What have you been doing all this time? She shrugged. I cried. I punched the pillow. Then I decided to talk with Pastor Philip. Yeah, what did he have to say? He told me divorce wasn't an option. I just thought, it is in this girl's book. She laughed, but Robert didn't. It's a joke. Robert added a raised brow to the smirk he already had, which Patricia ignored. Anyway, he convinced me that I needed to stay and work things out, and that I needed to be in this marriage for the long haul. Robert nodded. God has been showing me how I've been a jerk to you, and that I've got pride issues. I'm really sorry for that. Patricia smiled. I forgive you. She wrapped her arms around his neck and kissed him. I also talked with my sister a little more. It seems that our marriage was the culprit. People just put it all together and figured out that we're here. Oh, well, that makes sense. He paused for a moment. Tomorrow I'll see about getting permission to move somewhere else. But what about our friends and the senior adults? Robert picked up the luggage. I'm not going to be good to anybody dead. Anyway, I just talked with Brent, and he seems to think that business-wise we need to go our separate ways. Said it's too risky for his family, and I don't blame him. Oh no, how's that going to work out? I mean, with church. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to play along as we go. And what about us? Do you think we're in danger? Yeah, I told the government everything I know. A lot of men out there could go to prison because of me. So do you think we should move? I don't know. It's all depending on whether my supervisor or, or release officer will let me.